Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of You Calgary Side Podcast. Today we've got a new guest with us, Brittany Lindsay. She is a PhD candidate in the Department of Psychology, working with Dr. Andrew Zito, who is the Director of the Campus Mental Health Strategy. Her work focuses on mental health and suicide stigma reduction and mental health promotion, predominantly in the post-secondary setting. She's also really interested in teaching and learning and often combines mental health with this. When she is not researching or teaching, she likes hiking, cooking, and hanging out with her partner, Adam, and rescue dog, Mickey. Thanks for that introduction, Millen. And I'm uh, one of your co-hosts, Anna. And welcome to the show, Brittany. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me. Uh, so first question in order, you're a graduate student in the Department of Psychology. Do you think that makes you better at managing your mental health <laughs> than us in chemistry? <laughs> um, yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> I think a lot of people think it would, wouldn't you think it would, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure if I... A lot, I think it's it's very, the stuff that goes on in other departments is, I think, also going on in psychology in terms of the culture that we're in and the pressure and everything like that. So, you know, um, it's funny that sometimes folks who are helpers, so nursing, psychology, and stuff like that, they're actually sometimes the worst at looking after themselves. So um, I wouldn't say it's probably worse, but I think, um, you know, definitely could still be better. We all are in grad school at the end of the day, right? I mean, you're still going through the same steps that we're going through. Maybe that adds to your mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I also like I have a couple of friends who are studying psychology, and they tell me that a psychologist needs a psychologist too sometimes. Yes. Yeah. And when I really got to know it the first time, I was surprised. <laughs> yeah, I think sometimes some of them need it more than others for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's how I imagine. Um, you know, being in psychology and surrounded by it and thinking about it all the time would probably make grad students uh, just talk about it more and seek out more help. Whereas as scientists, we seem to all just try to appear tough and like we're doing okay when we're not. Do you find like um, in your department, is there a lot of talk around mental health and a lot of help that's easily accessible? In general, I think, yeah normalizing mental health conversations and so the funny thing is is like we'll talk about it in terms of classes or in terms of diagnosis or in terms of like other folks but I think for you know especially before the pandemic it still really wasn't talked about a whole lot um the pandemic I think one nice thing that has come out of the pandemic is it has become more normalized to take mental health days to talk about our mental health to talk about how crappy we're feeling and how stressed we're feeling like I think that has actually become a lot more normalized in our uh department but um yeah, I think in terms of like seeking help, I don't think it's any easier, if not harder for a lot of our students to go to like wellness services and stuff, because honestly, um, we know some of them are my, like I work, I've worked with them, like I know them. So a lot of the counselors there I've been on committees with, so they're not necessarily folks you might want to be talking about some vulnerable things with, because at the end of the day, you might be in a committee meeting with them the next week, right? So I think that there's also some tricky things that are that are different that, you know, you might not have known anybody in the student wellnesses. I know at least half of them. So, you know, you'd have to also be picky of who you're talking to and and because they're kind of like my colleagues, right? No kidding. I that know, that's so surprising. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Never yeah. thought about it that way. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, I imagine to... Do you find there's like more pressure to keep it together because you're in mental health? 
I think everywhere. I think it doesn't matter what department. I think there's just that pressure in grad school, especially if you're funded or whatever, to be like, okay, well, I have to have my shit together because, you know, Shirk is funding me or whatever, right? But, yeah. uh, you know, at the end of the day, we're all just humans and, like, nobody, you know, <laughs> nobody, especially, like, the last couple of years, nobody's been, I don't know very many people that were doing, like, super well. So, you know, I think uh, there is definitely still pressure. And, and I think in, like, clinical and stuff like that, the clinical students, they're the ones that are doing practicum and helping other students mm-hmm. or helping, like, um, clients and stuff. And I think, yeah, they don't want to help other people if they're, they don't want to, like, admit that they might need help because then maybe they're not feeling like they're adequately able to help others, right? Like, there's this kind of double-edged sword. But, I mean, yeah, it's kind of like the put the oxygen mask on yourself before you help others. Like, you need to be mentally healthy before you can help other people. So, yeah, I think, yeah, I think there is definitely some pressure. That's, but I don't think that's unique to psych. I think that's everywhere, right? Like, you're just feeling tons of pressure to do what you're supposed to be doing and mm-hmm. look perfect and all of that stuff that is traditional toxic academic culture uh, right i uh, i stopped trying to look perfect years ago <laughs> i used to dress up to come to school <laughs> i don't care i just i just come here with my brain to be honest now i don't like <laughs> i mean it's something yeah. like that that's what they actually part of that like, you know their mental health regime right you know regime in the morning is like you know getting up doing their makeup doing their hair and like yeah them, that's actually what makes them feel good in the morning yeah. and like what makes me feel good in the morning is as most amount of sleep as possible so like I get up and leave like immediately because yeah, I would rather have that extra 20 minutes of sleep and so each person is different right yeah so. yeah I take three hours every morning that's really? my thing yeah. it's like yeah. no one's up and I just take my time yeah so how did you get into mental health what made you choose this field so I grew up in northern Alberta and I went to college up there um predominantly doing math I took like one of everything but I was like going to be doing math probably um, and I took a couple psych courses and like absolutely love them the prof was like super amazing and so when I transferred down here um, I actually did um, like a bachelor of science in math and a bachelor of arts in psych so I decided I didn't want to get rid of the math um, I still really like to do math um, but I added on this this psych and then when I needed to do honors, I needed to find a supervisor and I just kind of stumbled upon Andrew and, and he was doing stigma stuff and it seemed really interesting and I didn't, I wasn't really into like cognitive, like a lot of insight, there's a lot of cognitive things where you're like looking at the brain and whatever and I just wasn't super interested in that. I, I was more interested in social psychology and like understanding people and the nuances of interactions and, and so I was like, you know, I think that would be really interesting. Um, and so I stumbled into that and then you know, here, that was 2015, and here I am seven years later, and I really kind of found a little niche in terms of, like, mental health promotion, and, like, I really like teaching, so I was like, okay, well, why don't I do mental health promotion in students, and it kind of all just kind of rolled into where I am now, but, uh, yeah, it wasn't like I didn't go start school, even in psychology, let alone mental health, so it just kind of was this journey that, um, you know, Andrew was really great as honors and then I just kept with him and and uh, found kind of he let me do whatever I wanted basically within his realm and, and I found kind of what I liked and, and that's kind of what I've been running with for the past um, I guess six seven years that's amazing yeah. do you still love it yeah I think most days yeah most days yes I think most days I really do like that I chose this I, I can't imagine having done a PhD in math like I can't imagine what I like I just don't think that I would have liked to do that um like I really like what I'm doing now and that I don't have the personality to help folks directly 
like be a clinician, but I want to help the folks help the folks. So, so, so what I'm doing is like, if we can reduce stigma in our whole community, more people will seek help and then our communities will be healthier, right? Because people who actually need help will actually be seeking it because they're not going to be stigmatized. So I'm really trying to like kind of upper level, kind of like trickle yeah. down help. Do you think it's prevalent in grad school a lot? In our department, any department, do people talk about it like openly now? I mean, what has changed since you've been studying this over for like last six to seven years, right? Yeah. Do you think things have changed or it has gone downhill or uphill? Yeah. The generation that's coming up um, behind mm-hmm. us, Yeah, I actually think that they're going to do a lot of good for post-secondary settings because I think that they are a lot... So the students that I teach yeah. are a lot... And I don't know if it's just because I... I make an environment that makes it easier for them to chat with me but like they are disclosing without any kind of embarrassment or shame or like they're just like I have super high anxiety I have depression I have you know like they're just they're they're disclosing everything and just saying like I need a little extra this I need that can you you know are you able to provide me with this or whatever like we're talking openly about it and not in a way that they they don't seem like they're hiding, like it's not, there's no secret. Like sometimes they just say it, like, you know, there's folks around them. Like it's not like they have to like set, bring me aside. So like, I think that there is a lot more openness in this next generation that's coming up, which makes me really hopeful um, that, you know, they are going to start changing the, from changing the, the system from within. And once they start getting up into grad school and they start getting up into professor jobs, I think it is going to be like easier and easier. Cause I think, yeah, I think right now the folks that are up in leadership went through grad school and went through undergrad in a way where it's like, you don't talk about it. You, you talk, you know, you just get through it. Ma- emotions don't matter. Like you just get through it. Right. But now the folks that are kind of starting to go up, like, you know, my, me and a lot of my colleagues, we talk about it. We talk about our anxiety. We talk about things like that. And it's really starting to, I think in our department too, like a lot of the grad students are kind of, uh, kind of have coping strategies with each other too. Like they're, they'll have outings where they'll go hiking and things like that. And so I think we're, and, and trying, we're, what I do with my group is really trying to like, so I don't know in your guys' area, but it's always sometimes like a, we call it like a pissing contest where it's like, who's the busiest, who's got the most, like who's doing, who's spent, who's not sleeping enough, who's not eating enough. And it's like a contest, like, oh, well, I like, I, I had to work all weekend. Oh, me too. Yeah. I worked 10 hours. Oh, I worked 12 hours. This is kind of how it used to be. And, and now we're I'm really, I try to do the opposite where it's like, like who's self-care, like who's doing self-care on the weekends and like who's doing, you know, like actually I went, I like didn't even touch my computer for a day. I was like, I didn't even touch my computer for two days. That's it's like, so we're like, we're trying to keep that weird competitive nature, but in a, in a positive way. Yeah. Um, so, which I find like really refreshing that we, we yeah. talk about it like that now. I totally like that. It's true. It's like a badge of honor almost like, oh yeah, I only had one hour sleep last yeah. night. Yeah. And it's toxic yeah. and it's, yeah. it's, and so I've started to basically one of my, um, you know, kind of things that help me reduce stress is like, I've just kind of been trying to remove myself from folks who are like that. Like, you know, if I don't need to work with that, you know, like I'll work with folks, I'll, you know, and all folks, but I really, you know, the people that I'm intimately working with are hanging out a lot with, you know, and that just isn't conducive to my mental health. I don't like it. It's, you know, it really makes me feel bad. And so I just really don't, and I don't try to like, reinforce that or promote that or you know when somebody does that in a room a lot of people are like really sympathetic and stuff and and you know that's great and all but like I really try to switch the conversation and stuff because I just like that isn't helpful for me that increases my stress when people are like oh I haven't had a day off in like a month and then you start feeling bad 
when you're looking after yourself, being like, well, I take every weekend off. Yeah. And then you start like reevaluating yourself of whether that's good enough. And then that's a whole other cycle, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, just uh, a little tidbit about how Brittany, how I thought of inviting her to the show. Uh, we're both in the labor relations committee and we have meetings every month. And I just remember one day during a meeting, we were talking about um, sending each other emails or signing something or trying to come up with a decision. And Brittany was like, oh, yeah, uh, it's the weekend and I don't check my email on the weekend. And like, it was just something you mentioned real quick, but it was like revolutionary to me. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> People actually do that? And <laughs> sure enough, like I stopped. I like yeah. deleted the and, app from my phone. And, and it's amazing. It doesn't, yeah, it's, it yeah. doesn't, people, yeah. And actually I was just on... Um, for wellness, the wellness series this uh, this summer, I was just at a, a workshop thing yesterday, and it was like the heads. I think there was a, someone from Schulich School of Engineering, stuff like that, and one of them was saying that in their department or in their school, they they don't encourage that. I think it might have been nursing actually. So they say like if you're if you are sending emails on the weekend, set a timer so that they come at nine o'clock on Monday morning mm-hmm. because you need to reinforce. Um, uh, you know, a balance or whatever. Because if your grad students see you sending an email at nine o'clock on a Saturday, they're going to think they have to mm-hmm. and this and that. So you, if you, if that's the time that you need to work or whatever, like, you know, everybody's schedule is different, but don't make it so that it looks like it's an obligation for other folks, right? And so they, they said that they actually now encourage, yeah, timers. So they said, yeah, sometimes I get a lot of emails at nine o'clock on Monday morning, but that's still, you know, setting some balance. So like, you know, there is some things where maybe that's not attainable for everyone, but like, especially in most circumstances, like you don't need to be answering emails. Like, okay, so maybe if your students have a test on Monday morning, mm. yeah. I am sometimes answering emails mm-hmm. on the weekend. So it's not mm-hmm. an every weekend thing, but like, yeah, for a committee or for anything that isn't pressing, mm. I'm not gonna, I'm probably not gonna answer my email on the weekend, right? So. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All the new fresh information. Yeah. <laughs> I'm directly in my brain right now. <laughs> It's very subtle, I find. Just like you said, like if if my prof is like writing me an email at seven PM on a Friday, like my first response is guilt. I'm like, oh, should I be working? Like, yeah. or you talk to somebody who's like extra energetic and is like, oh yeah, I'm going to a conference this weekend, and then I'm gonna write a paper, and, do, and then you're just like, I'm just relaxing this weekend, but I feel We're like shit about it now. Yeah, but like you, you feel stressed around like overachieving people yeah. like that. So I love how you guys just compare your downtime rather yeah. than try to outcompete each other with how busy you are. Yeah. yeah. I really love that. And yeah. the thing is, is you don't have to be working 80 hours a week to be productive. So for me, I am far more productive in a week where I work five days yeah. than I am when I work seven. Because yeah. the thing is, if I'm working seven, by the time Monday rolls around and if I haven't taken a Saturday or the Sunday or both off, I'm I'm dead by Monday and then my whole Monday is a write-off because I am distracted I need to go get coffee I need to do this I'm staring at the screen for like 20 minutes and then I've done nothing right whereas if I've taken the time off I get back on on Monday and it's like I'm productive I get things done so you can be productive without working around the clock right you actually can be more productive if you take your time for yourself it took me a while to understand that Every person has its own way. You cannot match your effectiveness without someone else. Yeah. For you to be productive, maybe for some people it's four days, for some people it's five days, for some people it's six days. Mm. Yeah. 
But you know, you should not work for seven days a week if you know that that's not how you're gonna be effective, right? Exactly. So mm-hmm. you just gotta understand how your body or mind works. Yeah. That's really important. Yeah, in exactly. order to avoid burnouts. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're horrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, exactly. And I think I think the people that they don't need any days off. I'm not certain. I believe them. Yeah. Maybe there are some people out there. I, I do know that. Like, I know somebody who says they can't work eight hours a day, so they work less hours in a day, but then they work on weekends mm-hmm. a couple hours mm-hmm. to like make up that time. Yeah. Not that we have to work forty hours, or whatever. But that's like what they feel yeah. they want mm-hmm. to do, and and that's I think okay. And sometimes I have to do that, but you know the the yeah it, the really thing is about knowing knowing what you need. Yes as an individual and also not ignoring so like for me like I'm super high anxiety I've known that everybody around me knows that you know that's not something that is a secret like I'm, I'm super I'm a I always say I'm a recovering perfectionist because I'm, I'm really trying not to like I'm really working hard to kind of remove some of these things that I thought were needed in, in your life that you that aren't and so I'm really working hard to kind of get rid of some of those traits but um you know super high anxiety so you know for me Certain things are normal. You know, I do have some stress. I do have some, you know, some symptoms, so to say. Um, But, like, yeah, I just finished my candidacy, and there was, um, during my writing phase, which you only get three weeks, there was a few nights where I went to bed, I closed my eyes, and was not tired. And I am a good sleep. I can sleep Mm. a solid 10 hours, no problem. Um, I just would close my eyes and nothing. Mm. I wasn't tired. I wasn't yawning. I just, I wasn't tired. And I didn't, I wasn't consciously thinking it, thinking about things, but I must have been. I just must mm-hmm. have been like thinking about so much about like the, the pressure of writing and making sure it was perfect or whatever. I just couldn't sleep. And that was two days of just not any sleep. Like I, I saw two o'clock and three o'clock and four o'clock. Like I, I wasn't sleeping. And so, you know, for me, that was like a whoop. Right, right after two days, I was like, that is a burnout symptom that I am not going to ignore. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so was I able to slow down immediately? No, because I was on a time crunch, right? Candace, you only have three weeks, you know, so did I take a little bit of, I took some, honestly, I took some z the mm-hmm. third night to try to reset my body. Mm-hmm. Um, I did some yoga, like I went for some walks, I tried to kind of de-stress a little bit, but that I did unfortunately have to like right, get back mm-hmm. into it. So, um, you know, some of these things with burnout is sometimes as grad students, we can't, and, you know, you want to address it as soon as possible, but I think sometimes we can't, honestly, a lot of the time we can't actually do it immediately mm-hmm. without some pretty serious repercussions, like being formed, you know, put, I mean, it's not the end of the world to be set back a semester, but maybe you don't want to be set back the semester. Maybe that's going to make your anxiety, your burnout, anything even worse. So for me, it was like, okay, I need to make sure that I can acute, like there's kind of some acute things I can do to solve this in the moment. And then as soon as that candidacy was over, it was like, okay, this is now... I, I recognized that I was going too hard. I recognized that I need to do some things. And then I started making some serious changes. So I was supposed to start my dissertation work in the summer. And I was like, you know what? That can wait till fall. Mm. Okay, so I was supposed to be working on these five manuscripts over the summer. Okay, I'll work on two, mm. and maybe a third. So I started taking more serious long-term. So I kind of I dealt with the, the burnout in, in the short term as much as I could in that moment. And then... As soon as I was able, basically the day after I was able to kind of think less about Ken, like, you know, I was able to take a breath for a moment. I was like, okay, let's plan so that that doesn't happen again. Because that was actually the first time that I can remember in grad school that that had happened to me. So I was like, this is a serious thing. I'm taking it seriously right in this moment. Because other things, like I've had burnout symptoms before that I've been able to manage like pretty easily. That was like the first time where I was like, whoa, this is new and this is not good. (laughs) 
hopefully not everybody's uh, been burnt out before, but unfortunately I think so. Well, I guess for my degree, I just never really monitored the symptoms. You know, like you said, um, the culture in chemistry or my group was just more, you work hard, you like, you're proud of the fact that you came in on the weekends, like, you know, one of uh, the graduates, he would come in on Christmas, like while the school was closed. So right away in the group I started and I was like, well, this is what I need to do. And I guess I didn't really monitor those yeah. symptoms, but it makes sense. Like I started grinding my teeth, which is a serious <laughs> sign that something's wrong, yeah. right? Yeah. And then in grad school, it's not like, you know, in uh, undergrad, you stress, but it's four months and then you have a break. Whereas grad school, it's five to eight years. And that's not sustainable. No. And yeah, so it's really crazy. It's a marathon, not a not a, not a series of sprints yeah. like an undergrad. And yeah. it's also humans don't do well with um, ambiguity. And in grad schools, there's so much ambiguity. Yeah. About what we're supposed like what actually are we supposed to be doing? Hmm. Because they say because you know if you look at it to get your degree, you do your courses, you do your candidacy, you do your dissertation, whatever. But that's actually not the only things. If you want a job, that's not all you, you know, you have to do committee work. You have to teach. Um, if you need money, you have to teach. Like there's all these other things that aren't actually listed as things we have to do, but we do them. We, do we do them because we're passionate about them? Because we, you know, want to have service or because we want teaching experience, because we want a job, whatever, whatever reason we're doing them, you're not just doing. And whereas an undergrad, it's like, I do this exam and this assignment mm. and there's nothing else. You're not mm. really doing anything yeah. else, right? So the ambiguity, I think, of grad school where it's like, what is enough? Because mm. there actually isn't any checklist of what's enough, yeah. right? Um, how many publications is enough? How many scholarships is enough? How yeah. much is, you know, you're constantly just comparing yourself to other people, which isn't good either because every we're all different and we all have different, um, first of all, we have different future goals. We have different... Projects um, too, right? Yeah. And seals. Within the same field. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Right? So, like, how, yeah. It's so tricky. Like, I, I I, got into a bad cycle of comparing myself to a lot of folks in the department because I do different things. I do a lot of teaching. I do a lot of service work. My CV looks very different from theirs. And so, you know, I was getting really bummed because I wasn't getting scholarships and stuff because I don't have publications. And it was like, but that actually wasn't my priority. Um, mm. And, you know, sometimes you do have to play the game. I get that. But, you know, it's tricky because it's just so much comparisons and it's for scholarships, for everything, right? And you really have to, like, take a step back from that and and realize. So whenever we're feeling – I have one friend who, you know, I, I we lean on each other quite a bit. And, you know, sometimes we, you know, feel down and whatever. So they're like, oh, I feel like I'm, like, not good enough. And for both of us, we'll kind of say that and, and – the, the other person you have to be like, yeah, well, you don't have that, but you also have this, 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 mm-hmm. and this. So, like, sometimes you need that external person to be like, give your head a shake. Yes, you're down about that one thing, but, like, remember all these other seven things you're awesome at? Um, and so sometimes you don't see that in the dark. You know, sometimes you're focused really on that one bad thing where you need somebody else to remind you mm-hmm. about all the other good things in your in your <laughs> especially people that aren't at grad school because a couple like my two like you know bestest friends uh they're not and to them i'm like amazing <laughs> oh, <no>. <laughs> but it's true like what we're doing here is just so crazy yeah. and so 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 hard and yeah and we don't see it because no, like you said everybody around yeah. you like in chem- yeah in chemistry we have like three big awards and so only like 5% of people get it, but you only compare yourself to those. Yeah. 
Well, and I think like, you know, people who work really hard also kind of find each other. And so then the moment that you're kind of taking and being like, taking a step back, being like, oh, do I need to work that hard? You're still surrounded by those people yeah. working really hard. And you're like, oh, yeah. so unless like collective, unless everybody in your department decides that, okay, we're just going to work 40 hours a week and not work on yeah. weekends, there's always going to be that discrepancy, which yeah. is true. And it's always going to be there. I mean, sure. you just cannot avoid that in grad school because people mm-hmm. are different than them, you know? Yeah. And also like, should not forget about imposter syndrome, right? Even though we know that we're doing a lot, you always think that, am I doing enough? Is this enough? Can I do this? You know, it's like all the factors, they do have an impact on your mental health, right? Oh. I mean, it's just like, I don't even know how to know when, when you're going through it, how do you put a stop kind of, you know? It's yeah. kind of like all, all we can say is like, been there, done that, you know, maybe we'll, we'll see whatever it's going to happen in the future. Maybe it's happening. I don't know. Yeah, it's hard to know it, yeah. the consequences too. Yeah, sometimes you just think, oh, you, you can think about it later, you know. It's not the right time to think about it. Let's just not stop now. Let's just stop now. Yeah. And then I, I had a talk with one of my friends a couple of months back. And, and she said this amazing thing to me that just made me really stop, pause for a second. She said that don't, don't give so much that you're left with nothing after your PhD. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's when your actual career will start. Yeah. And that made me really stop and think that it's so important that don't just empty yourself. Yeah. You can't pour from an empty cup. <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, school's supposed to be the place where you gain knowledge, gain experience, gain a network, gain yeah. friendships. But then why do we all like, I'm in my last year of PhD. I look around <laughs> at the others and we're all just drained. <laughs> And yeah, no and that's sense. not how it's supposed to be, right? No. And I think yeah. at the beginning, I definitely was like, that, like grind, grind, say yes to everything. And now I'm like, I, I'm not the poster child for saying no to things. That is definitely true. I, I do take on too much sometimes. Um, but I'm really trying to think about it as I'm passionate about a lot of things. So I end up saying yes, because I don't want to give up that opportunity to help others or whatever. But you know, really just learning to say no to things that you're not interested in or isn't going to event, you know, at, at the end of the day, you're just doing it to do it and, and you're not having any interest or passion or anything. And like, as long as you can, you know, unless you need like the money for it, like if you hate TA, but maybe try to like request something you're really passionate about or something, right? Because that's the thing is like you can, I'm, I'm starting, you know, for most of the time, like when I'm teaching and when I'm doing my research, because um, I get to, you know, talk about things that I'm passionate about, I would say it usually does like lift me up. Like there, there are not a lot of weeks where I'm like, I hate this, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas I think earlier in my academics, I was more like that. I'm starting to realize that like, oh, I'm a whole person. I can, I can do these things. I can do, I'm, yeah. you know, I'm, I can do my work, but I can also, you know, stay at home with my dog or go hiking or see my family or, you know, all that kind of stuff. I think, yeah, it's, it's tricky to, like, that's the thing is you don't want to be, this is supposed to be like an enjoy, somewhat enjoyable time in our lives where we don't have a ton of responsibilities in terms of a career and stuff. Like, we actually don't get paid. No. So <laughs> why are people, why are people working eight hours a week on a job that they're doing for free? Like, if I, if it's really nice outside, I'm like, it's nice outside. I'm distracted because it's nice outside effort i'm going for a walk i'm going to get a starbucks and i'll come back in a couple hours and i'll do some like i'll do some work or if i get home and i decide i don't want to do any more work i'm just not going to do any more work you know and because it's like at the end of the day i'll i'll catch it up sometime right like so i'm i'm pretty like whimsical that way where it's like "Mm, today is not the day i feel like doing a whole lot of work and if i don't have an impending deadline i'm like "Mm, oh so yes there are some days where like i won't work on a wednesday 
So maybe I have to work on a Saturday or maybe I'll have to work a little harder the next day or next week, or maybe not, or maybe who cares because I didn't get paid. (laughs) Yeah. Um, What I found interesting too, I realized that this summer, my fifth summer here (laughs) is that we all put a lot of pressure on achieving things in the summer. You know, my PI, for example, because you don't teach, you don't take any courses. It's like, okay, summer's coming and you're always like going into it. Like I have four months of like, but then you don't account for, just how nice summer is and how like weddings. you want to go on weddings or you just want to like go outside and, and hang out on a porch and enjoy the sun or go for a walk. And even like uh, I was talking to one of our professors, just like, how's it going this summer? And he's like, yeah, there's a lot that I'm not getting done as much as I thought. But then he's like, there's this like family of domesticated bunnies in my neighborhood that someone like set free so they've multiplied so every night now instead of reading papers like my kids convince me to like ride our bikes over there and feed them and like try to oh my gosh uh, that's so cute (laughs) it's great that this professor is admitting this but that's like what summers are supposed to be for they're not like this like vacuum of time that you're supposed to fill with work it's summertime (laughs) yeah and that's a great i mean that's a great example of leadership modeling in the summer yeah you're supposed to be more relaxed you just especially like you know last year was so hard um we had like in our classes we had a lot of students going through a lot of hard stuff and we had a lot of compassion fatigue for that and so the summer is really a time to recoup for september where it's going to be busy again right do i work on manuscripts do i do that kind of stuff certainly um but you know there's there's other things to be doing in the summer and my supervisor you know is, is really great about that too like um, he goes on vacation, like he's gone on several vacations with his, you know, his uh, partner and their, and their kid. And, and, you know, he, you know, every, and the, another thing that I like about this is not about summer, but like, we don't just, when we have meetings, we are whole people and, um, we don't just talk about like our research. So, you know, the first couple minutes is like, Oh, what'd you do on the weekend? Or what are you going to do on the weekend? Or anything like, like normalizing normal behaviors? Like, Oh, what, like, are you and Adam going to be doing something? And I think that, you know, a lot of times some, some, you know, it used to be that like, oh, it's, it's not professional to talk about your personal lives with your colleagues. But I think that that's like bullshit um, because we're all humans and how can you, you're, I'm not a student with him and like, you know, a girlfriend with my partner. I'm one person, I'm Brittany. Yeah. And so like, if I'm having an awesome time on the weekend, I want to share that with my supervisor right yeah. now. and, you know, he will understand me better as a student if he knows me as a human, right? And I think a lot of people just go, like, you know, they, they chit-chat. There is something to be said about chit-chat. And, like, yes, some people hate that. But sometimes you just need to, like, and sometimes if there's something bothering me, that's when I let it out, too. It's like, oh, I'm really frustrated at this or whatever. And, and just normalizing, like, normal conversations and normal things, like, you know, seeing bunnies and, <laughs> and going for bike rides and, you know, just anything that's not... Yeah. Academia 24-7. Yeah. It can spread some positivity too, I guess. And as you said, normalizing it, right, you know? Yeah. Resets your brain too. Yeah. In a way. And we have like, you know, we have a a lot of great 
people in, in my department who, you know, so we've, we've created this one group. Um, it's like an open science support group where we're really talking about open science. But every, so we actually spend a lot of time talking about values of this group, including mental well-being and, and everything and respect and equity and diversity and all of that. Um, and every single meeting, no matter how jam-packed the agenda is, we always do a round of check-ins in the, at the beginning. And sometimes the prompts are different, but they usually it's, how are you doing? And like, what's one thing you're looking forward to for the weekend? What's one thing you did, you know, like something. But every, that no matter what, and we don't rush it, everybody gets a turn. Um, and you know, it's usually like, oh, I was, you know, I, I, sometimes it's like, I just got a paper published or I need something really exciting. But sometimes it's just like, you know, I'm just actually like not feeling myself right now. Like yeah. I'm feeling a little, so apologies if I feel distracted in this mm. meeting. And, um, so, you know, it's really just like kind of an honest little opening and, you know, we just, we've done it for a year and I didn't think anything of it. And we had a new member join last week and she was like, that was really refreshing yeah. to start a meeting, not feeling panicked to get through the agenda, that there was just a moment for us to all hold space for each other. I was like, oh, yeah, you're right. That actually isn't really, we just, we almost took it for granted because we just do it all the time now. And it's like, oh, so what's, you know, like we, we I get used to like, oh, what, I wonder what she was doing the last couple of weeks. Yeah. I wonder what she's doing. Yeah. Um, and sometimes we also jump at the bit to like praise our other folks. So it's like, oh, she didn't say this, but she just got accepted, like her, you know, apologies yeah, just got yeah. accepted. So you can also like boost up other yeah. people. Yeah. Um, but like, I didn't quite realize, oh yeah, that's such a small thing. Mm. And it only takes like 15 minutes, you know, it seems like, oh, it's a long 10, 15 minutes, depending on how many people are at the meeting. But it, you know, it just starts the meeting so nice. And, and we just, we know where people, you know, meeting people where they're at. Like, okay, she's not like feeling super hot today. She doesn't need to take minutes or we'll make sure that like maybe she can, we won't call on her first because maybe she might need a minute to think about her thoughts yeah. first, right? It just gives us a way to like catch up with each other. Yeah before we get into like whatever we need to talk about that's amazing i love that it's yeah, like creating a safe space. like in your group too just creating like more of an emotional bond to yeah. rather than be like i did this and you're like no i didn't do anything this weekend yeah. but just being like how, how is everyone like we all care for each other mm -hmm. like in my group we go for hikes once a year and i feel like those hikes kind of do that yeah uh, but it's also hard for people because some people don't have the time to hike or have families or yeah. I feel like it would be much more simple if once a week we just asked each other, how are you? <laughs> so what, yeah, what's one interesting thing you're doing this week? Yeah. 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 Uh, what's, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Sometimes we'll do kudos too where it's like, um, you know, okay, we'll go around and like pick somebody that, um, and then say, you know, something you're grateful for for them or whatever. Yeah. Um, we sometimes do those those ones too, and they always seem that's just like self compassion too, right? Like there's there's certain things where people like shit on some of these things because they seem really cheesy, but then you start doing them and implementing them in your daily life, and you're like, actually, that does make me feel really good. Okay, you know, that's so, means. Yeah, it's tricky because like I know a lot of students, we do some self compassion exercises yeah. and stuff, and they're like, this is stupid. This sounds <laughs> this seems fake, and then. They're like, I did it for a week though, and I actually think it started growing on me, you know? Because it's like, yes, these things seem stupid, but then when you start doing them, you're like, oh, I do feel better from, I should actually treat myself better than I'm treating myself, right? Yeah. Because self compassion, a lot of the, so the trick is like, if you're beating yourself up for something, not working on a weekend, whatever, flip it. Be like, if your call, if your friend said that exact same thing, what would you say to them? I bet you it's not what you're saying to yourself. Yeah. What, what is it? What, what what would you say to them? Maybe think about, reflect on why you're not saying that to yourself. Yeah. And once you start doing that, you're like, I am mean to myself. Mm 
And mm-hmm. so I think we all need to like start being a little less mean to ourselves, yeah. to people in general, mm-hmm. but to ourselves as well. Yeah, exactly. It's just too he- easy to be hard on yourself. You know, it's just doesn't take like an ounce of effort is what I'm going to mm-hmm. say. Yeah, it's true. Just, like nothing. Like, uh, like so like light as a feather. Yeah. That's how it is easy. Like, oh my gosh, you did this. Oh, you wasted this. You did this, you know? It's so weird. Eh? Like, Isn't why, it? Why does what? it take efforts to be kind to yourself? To yourself. It's yeah. easy. And it's yeah. weird. Yeah. I would like, I would never say that to Anna, right? You know? Yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And it comes out of you, right? You know? Then, yeah. Oh yeah, this happened, this word. For you, oh my gosh, okay, this worked, but how look at the other thing that did not work, you know? It's just it's why, the why way your brain is wired to treat ourselves like we would like treat someone we hate, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Because we think we can handle it, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Or we just, yeah, I, I think so. Or we think like it's going to help us in some manner. I don't know. But it's like we don't see it. It's like uh, you saying how you only noticed you were burning out when you couldn't sleep, whereas probably your partner, like you knew two weeks earlier, that's... Like you were heading down a really bad avenue. Um, Maybe, yeah. I mean, they're definitely, you know, um, I'm I'm someone where my emotions get a little out of whack when I'm stressed. Mm -hmm. So he does get some unnecessary yelling where I'm like, I yell at him and I'm like, okay, that was stupid that I yelled at. For, like, you know, it was, it was just, but, you know, you just are, you're living on the edge, right? And so, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I was talking about Canvassy this past weekend. I was like, you know, like, I mean, it wasn't really stressful, but I, I mean, for the most part, did enjoy learning about all yeah. the stuff I was learning yeah. about. Um, but my partner was like, mm, did you? <laughs> you were pretty, I don't know, testy the whole time. So like, even internally, if you feel like you're, yeah. you're handling it okay, yeah. and you think like you're yeah. sleeping fine and whatever you might be then externally like, apparently it wasn't the best time for him yeah. <laughs> but I you know I was like I'm learning new things and he was yeah. like yeah she's learning new things and being mean to me <laughs> yeah, that's interesting because I think like our brains kind of tend to forget bad moments whereas like a partner won't forget that you were a total ass to them for a week <laughs> yeah I mean we get the perks of grad school, right? Learning new stuff. I mean, you know, it's still fun. I would yeah. not say it's not fun. You get to see, you get to do so much stuff, diverse mm-hmm. stuff you want to. But then there are like some downsides, which, you know, you overcome and then you come to the other side. But they don't, Hopefully. they don't get to see the, the uptides. Yeah. But down, down to the like, in your brain. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. It yeah. is stressful. Like, you cannot ignore that for sure. I mean, I think it's impossible to go through grad school without a little bit of stress because stress shows that you care about it. Yeah. And if you don't, if you're just going through grad school and you're like, you know, everything's a cakewalk. I mean, some people probably have that, but you know, a little bit of stress is okay because it shows you care. It shows that you're, you know, and especially in some things, I mean, you're, so for example, clinicians really need to learn how to do things properly to save lives kind of stuff. Right. So, you know, there is a certain amount of like, you know, importance to make sure you're doing things right. Um, but like, you know, there's a balance, right? There's a balance between good stress and make sure you're managing mm-hmm. your stress properly and, and just acknowledging that it exists. Like, I think a big thing is like, some folks have more stress and more stressors and more barriers than other folks. And I think a lot of the time we try to compare ourselves apples to apples mm. when that's not the case. So some folks, um, is for example, international students have more barriers than Canadians. 
but to try to compare yourself to another Canadian grad student who maybe has way more opportunity for funding, whose parents live here, who's, you know, you have, a lot of them have more barrier than to just pretend to like you don't is, is like not good because it's, it's not apples to apples, it's apples to oranges. And I think if we, if we just acknowledging that there is like diversity and different levels of stress and barriers and everything that can also help it become more equitable too because you know we're not all the same and and a lot of people are struggling with a lot more than other folks right yeah and also i've I've learned something over last two years is that especially when it comes to mental health you gotta understand what works for you and what doesn't work for you Mm -hmm. rather than just looking at other people like that's not how you're gonna learn about yourself right everyone has their own limitations own bandwidth boundaries so understand what works for you and what doesn't work for you and then start working towards it so that it doesn't have a huge impact on you. Mm-hmm. That's what I have learned yeah, over the last two years. For sure. I think it's a balance between that, like definitely finding out what works for you, but not being closed off to yeah. things that you are that you think aren't gonna work for you. Uh-huh. Because I think having a like trying. Yeah. If it's not for you, it's not for you. But but don't don't just say like mm, that's not for me so like for example i used to think like yoga was the stupidest shit yeah. ever yeah. i mean this is stupid i love you this is not uh, ouch me. it hurts no no hey, so, the whole world <laughs> <laughs> that's just, yeah. i was like but i was like there's no way that a this is exercise b this is gonna calm me down yeah. this is stupid and but then i was like you know what i'm telling my students that they should try it i should try it so then i started like yoga with adrian on youtube and she does like these 30-day challenges like i'm gonna do it for 30 days mm. i'm gonna do it for 30 days and you know and if I don't like it, I don't like it. And by like the tenth day, I was like, "Oh, <laughs> see, I have not done this for thirty years." And, and I, it's like, I started to realize that okay, this actually makes a lot of sense. And yeah. is it there are certain things where like this isn't for me? Like mm-hmm. um, you know, like the uh, the breath, the fi- line breath, not for me. But there are certain things where I was like, okay, like I know what I like, and this does actually calm my anxiety a bit. And mm-hmm. so I have incorporated it into my self care, right? You know. Um, stuff. So I was really quick at first to just be like, this is not for me. And same with self-compassion. I was like, mm, this is stupid. And then I started looking more into it because Chris and Neff is kind of the big self-compassion person and was like, oh, okay, she might have a point. Mm. So like finding what works for you, but being open mm. to trying new things first, like, and not being like, well, that's not going to work for me. I'm, I know what works for me, but you might have just not mm. found what works for you yet. So like, just, just like finding it and then being like, mm, not for me, throw it away. Yeah. And then, and then go from there. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, we, we, I think we tend to just go with the status quo rather than try to like try something else like me being stressed i'm like all right i'm just gonna finish this and like whatever uh whereas like it seems like it would make more sense to just be like okay i'm super stressed let me just try yoga (laughs) or let me just try breathing like instead of working on this i'll just take an hour off try this complete new thing but it seems so hard to do at the moment oh certainly it's just so much easier to just keep going yeah well, and the thing yeah. is, is that self, so like, you know, people throw out self-care, like, you know, and I think in people's heads, it's like, oh, it's all bubble baths and whatever. And like, that's not, that's self-soothing, which is definitely part of self-care. Mm-hmm. But like self-care is way bigger than that. It's, it's things that are, but self-care isn't always fun. You know, a lot yeah. of people think like, oh, self-care has to be enjoyable. It's watching Netflix, it's bubble baths, it's this. Sometimes, but it's also going to your doctor's appointment. And drinking water and like eating your vegetables and like there's a whole bunch of self care that like 
you forget, like, you know, I'm really bad for not drinking enough water. But when I do, I'm like, I feel amazing, you know? So it's like those little things that you forget that are, you know, a self-care plan doesn't have to be an elaborate thing that are all the yoga and all this and whatever. It could be just things that you do every day. Like I cook, um, I'm celiac, so I don't eat out of a lot of restaurants. I can't really do fast food. And so for me, cooking is a way at the end of the day for me to kind of recharge, wind down from whatever I was doing for the day. Sometimes I listen to a podcast um, or whatever and just cook. And I know it's healthy, you know, it's, it's healthy. I know it's safe for me. And that's what I like to do at the end of most days. And so like for me, that was like a way that I can both sustain myself as well as a little bit of like downtime self-care that like I don't feel guilty because I'm not just like doing nothing. I'm also like cooking and stuff. So, you know, it's, it's different for everyone. And some mm. people absolutely hate cooking. So don't do that. That's not mm. for you. <laughs> you know, yeah. whereas for me, I like not for me. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, I'm I'm not, cooking. I'm, I don't like cooking. Yeah. <laughs> I was reflecting, like, you had asked before um, about, like, international, like, how to prioritize mental health with international students, and then I started started thinking, is, like, your social circle, whatever that is, whoever that is, is so important. Yeah. And just surrounding yourself with folks who, like, lift you up instead of put you down, right? Like, Like, getting rid of people who, you know... Or, I mean, if you can't get rid of them, just limiting your time, yeah. right? Like, your time is precious and valuable. And, you know, so you're a yoga instructor. Like, you know, somebody who you really yeah. like to be around. And, and, you know, I have, like, one friend who is like, oh, whenever I see her, it's like, oh, she's just always, like, I'm just so grateful for her friendship because yeah. she's always, like, so, you know, um, reflective and, and like you know really cares like you can tell she really cares when she's listening and yeah it could be three years we have don't see each other for three years and it's like no time has passed right and so it's really about finding your support system whether it's over the phone whether it's here whether yeah. and it could even just be like you know your bus you know like that you like your you like to see your bus driver every day like before the pandemic there was this i took this one bus not the other bus this one bus because it was like a really nice bus driver and he always gave fist bumps and like he recognized us and like talked to us amazing. and he was like this sweetest old man ever and i was like i like seeing you every day yeah like you are a part of my day and i like it <laughs> so i take this specific 940 bus because i know it's your route yeah. um after i realized you know and yeah. so i was like i like I, I want you to see you every day. So I'm going to like to do that weird little small little tweak mm-hmm. yeah. and take a different bus or just make sure I'm taking the same bus to because I wanted to see him, right? Yeah. And so it's like yeah, it's silly. Really like, good. do I know his name? No. Will I see him again? No. But like it was a part of my day yeah. and I, I liked it. I like to surround myself with people who make yeah. me feel good and who, yeah. you know, likewise too. Like, yeah. you know, I like to make sure that I'm not making people feel like yeah. bad about themselves. Yeah. Like Without any doubt, your environment plays a huge role when it comes to your mental health. It's so important. Yeah. Having the right people around you. Yeah. Not for sure. So just to go back to uh, when we were talking about just the importance of talking about, you know, mental health more and more and how like grad students, now you're doing it with the stigma uh, and all that. And yeah, and it's great to like talk to you guys and my friends about mental health. But like the issue remains that you know, the most successful people we see in academia, like our profs, they're all just like that old school type of person that's just going to power through the pain. And like none of them really talk about taking mental breaks. And these are 
like the only successful people we see in academia, right? So it's really hard. And all the grad students, you see them working like crazy. You don't know what becomes of them. You don't know if they like had a mental breakdown two years after graduating. So I find it so hard is that even if there's support, if you go see your therapist, if you like talk to grad students about it, like in the back of our minds, we still have this like model we're trying to achieve of like really hardworking, perfect people that never talk about uh, mental health breaks or yeah like how do we uh, do you have any thoughts on how to deal with that yeah no that's a really good um really good point i think yeah i think it's really hard because um especially a lot of folk, a lot of the people that we're seeing now are the you know some of them unfortunately still have the i suffered so you must suffer and and they are pushing back on these new, this new culture we're trying to make in grad school that grad school doesn't have to be horrible it's actually meant to be good and so my supervisor you know like is is really great that way that he does model norm, you know normal behavior and normalizing talking about mental health and and you know everything like that but he's only one person and so i think the more and more you know the kind of the younger folks are coming up in the department the better it's going to get unfortunately like it's kind of like you know, pessimistic to think, but I think that, you know, I think some of it is just waiting for some folks to retire, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, and we're just pushing, basically just pushing up the system because if we can now become the chain, like when we're professors, if that's what we choose to be, we can start modeling that to our students in grad school. You know what I mean? Like, I think this next generation, I see a lot of hope in it because I do see a lot of people around me who I know are going to be really great to their students who are not going to push them to work 12 hours a day and whatever. But yeah, it's still there. And I think it's about also just, just not, I mean, it's tough with the power dynamic, but also just educating folks who are above us. They'd be like, hey, did you know that these things are happening? Because like maybe, yeah, some of it might be malicious intent and they actually don't want to change. Some of it just might be plain old ignorance. They don't actually know that these are conversations that are happening. And maybe they did have, you know, mental health issues and just have never spoken about it because they didn't think it was professional. And so maybe now the time, maybe the time is now. And we do have people in our department who are pretty high up that, you know, disclose, I, I've lived with depression my whole life. I've, you know, this and that. And do I think any less of them? No. Do I even think better of them? Because they're like, oh, they, they are talking openly about this. And, and it's great to, you know, that you grew up, you know, far, you know, they're, they're above, they're professors and stuff. And it's, it's so nice to kind of, it's refreshing to see that. And in all, you know, we've had the strategies had kind of some stigma reduction events where, uh, like Vivek Shreya, um, they're in, um, English, maybe, um, a professor in English and yeah. talked very openly about, yeah. um, past suicide thoughts and behaviors and current, I think. Like, so it was a big event a few, right before the pandemic. Um, and that was so nice because it was like, oh, a professor who is, you know, really prolific, written yeah. books and whatever, is talking about this really openly. Um, and, you know, somebody from a tribe called Red, I, I can't quite remember his name, but he was also talking about, um, you know, his mental health journey and things like that. And so it's, you know, it's, it's slowly trickling in. And I think a lot of, you know, senior faculty are learning a lot more. Um, and starting to realize, oh, you know, and I, cause I think it, before it was just like this culture that you just didn't talk about it. And now they're seeing like, oh man, my students are like, cause they'll have undergrads that are just like, you know, um, I, I had a huge depressive episode this weekend and I got nothing done. And you know, there, there are a few that are still pushing back being like, I don't care. You get a zero. 
but then they can fight that. <laughs> but, you know, like there are some that are like, oh, I totally understand. And, you know, and they're, they're getting there. So, you know, I think it's all about educating each other too. Mm-hmm. And I think modeling, as much as we think we're learning from them, I think they're a little bit learning from us too. So I think if we're modeling it and, and being like, respectfully, I'm not going to mm-hmm. do this on a Saturday. Yeah. Um, I think the more we get, I think we have more power than what, I think we can have more power mm-hmm. than what we think. Yeah, and just like you but said, it's tricky, it's hard, and it's exactly. also scary. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, to push against faculty and stuff like that, but you know, yeah. change is never not easy, scary. Right? <laughs> but it's not inevitable. So mm-hmm. there is that. True. Also, I feel like the secret is to have an open mind. I guess you know, do all this stuff. Yeah. That's where change will start. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. To have this possibility that oh, if you incorporate this in the system, it's not that yeah. bad. But yeah. yeah, and also you know. Just because you're different from, you know, your supervisor doesn't make you not supervisor material. <laughs> like you said, like, it, it'll be our job if we ever go into academia to approach it very differently. Exactly. And not perpetuate that. Um, the same thing, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the thing is that, and I think, I mean, the work, you know, the, the pessimistic is that, okay, so somebody just needs to come in and change policies so that they can't be that mm-hmm. way, right? <laughs> so, you know, because there is some, you know, there is now some protective policies for mental health concerns and stuff with, with students, and there is break, you know, like we have sick days and, and whatever. Like there are some things starting, um, you know, with strategy, you know, campus mental health strategies helping and all that kind of stuff. But, um, yeah, no, it's um, sometimes it just takes some policies for people to be like, huh, was I what what was what I was doing good or not good, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think because I think a lot of it isn't people aren't stigmatizing or being intolerant of mental or not thinking about. It. I think a, some of it might be intentional, but I think a lot of it's unintentional. Like giving people mm-hmm. the benefit of the doubt that I think they're just this is what they think that they're supposed to be doing, mm-hmm. and it's like it's about time to be like no actually <laughs> mental health is health and health is imp- is important for everybody including grad students mm-hmm. including faculty including everyone and yeah. the the less like you know we've gotten into these like weird cultures because no one is talking about it and so like it's gonna take years and years to unravel the mm-hmm. toxicity of some of this mm-hmm. stuff right um, just like all the other issues that we yeah. academia has or the world has, right? Yeah. It's not going to be solved in a day. <laughs> but it's great to talk about it yeah. openly. Like even this discussion is really has lifted me up <laughs> for sure. Yeah, that's revolutionary. Yeah. <laughs> it's a word. Well, just it's validating. Yeah, because yeah, it's just that you're not alone, kind of. You know. Yeah, because yeah. mental health, like you, like you study, is a yeah. stigma. It oh. makes you feel like like you suck. A, yeah. But actually, if if you realize that everyone's going through it, because we're all human and yeah. we all. We're all the same, really. And I just don't think mm-hmm. people realize the impact of just normalizing it and talking yeah. about it. Like, you know, um, like with my, you know, when I talk to students, like sometime, you know, this past year, we came back in the middle. Yeah. We were online and then we were in person. And the first day back, I hadn't lectured in a long time in front of people. And I was nervous. There were, like, you know, there were young folks. I hadn't been in a room with that many people in a long time. And I just said, like, hey, I'm experiencing a lot of anxiety right now. Like, my, my legs are a little shaky under me. Like, I just, just you know, let's just all take a minute. Like, you know, I bet you there's other nerves in the room. And so I, I think I saw a lot of students be like, 
okay, it's not just me, right? <laughs> like they were like, huh. I said, this has been a lot, right? And, and we've had, we had class after, you know, some like pretty traumatic events like Ukraine and, mm. and things like that. Yeah. And, and we just said, okay, let's just hold up. Like, let's just take a, a couple seconds here to just hold some space for that because that is really heavy on a lot of people in this room. And we get that and we're going to make it a little bit of an easier day today because I know we're not all in this headspace. And, and just like so many students be like, oh, thank you. Like, you know, like mm. just acknowledging that we are in a greater context than this one classroom. I think, you know, and that people are not always at their best and meeting people where they're at, I think is so important, no matter what the dynamic is. Right? Yeah, so. I definitely needed that. I think uh, there was a couple times this year where me and my uh, lab mate, Nena, we like took the day off because we were like, did you hear this happen? in the news like there's no way I can focus on anything in the lab today yeah I mean it's and things that like some that won't affect some people or affect other people yeah you know like I was up uh watching like the American election pretty late because I was like this can't be happening (laughs) right like there's you know um not to get too political but I was you know the, the next day I was like I'm so sorry. I was up very late watching polls, you know. Um, and did that matter to like most people? No, but like it mattered to me or whatever. So um, yeah, it's just it's just acknowledging that we're just because you're feeling good in a day doesn't mean other folks yeah. and we all have different things. And it doesn't make you worse or better. Like the other person who could watch the elections and not let it get to them can see something else that just crushes them oh, exactly. that wouldn't affect you exactly but like everyone has something no one's perfect no that's <laughs> certainly that yeah. is certainly true yeah so, yeah well it's been it's been amazing learned a lot um about both your department especially in your field so yeah, yeah. glad to have you yeah our, i feel like we could have this conversation for hours maybe we should have you back for us. Uh, yeah, part, part two, two, huh? Yeah. Part two. Yeah. yeah. No, I would love that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but so thank you so much yeah. for joining us, Brittany. It's been a really great, really yeah. great conversation. Absolutely. Yeah, for sharing your views, your experience. Um, yeah, just for being here with us, for saving one precious hour of yours <laughs> to be with yeah. us and our audience. No, so I really appreciate it. I'm, uh, I'm happy. And, and like I said, um, we all, I mean, grad school is so ambiguous that for me yeah. this is this is a working hour for me because um because I say so because it's you know and you guys can say that too it's mm-hmm. part of your grad studies um in however way you make it so you know this is yeah. this, this yeah. it's a good part of yeah it's our journey right so we're exactly. defining our journey every day as exactly. we go through it so that's the best part of our grad school yeah you can define your own experience exactly. yep. in the school so that's the best part exactly. yeah thanks so much for having me Awesome. And thanks to our audience for tuning in. Yeah. We'll see you next time. For sure. Take care. See you soon, guys. Bye-bye. Bye. The UCSide podcast is created and hosted by Anna Niepzietska, Milan Pritkor, Laura Rios, and Thilina Giaguardana at the University of Calgary, Alberta. The theme song is called Better Than Chocolate by the Drift Mob Orchestra. Please visit our website at ucalgarysite.org for more information about us or follow us on Twitter at ucalgarysite. If you have any comments about this episode, any ideas for future ones, or just wants to say hi, please reach us 
via email provided in the bio and let's talk.